Welcome to episode 27 of Spencer Talks About Stuff. This was my first attempt at a mobile episode, and I think it turned out pretty good. I did learn a few things. The audio is a little bit spotty in a few places, but I think you guys will enjoy this episode. We did this episode on the banks of the Boise River in the middle of Tyler Horn and Sam McCaskill's 48-hour running challenge. They were running four miles every four hours for 48 hours in order to raise money for the Ronald McDonald Boise House and the Children's Home Society in Boise. So you guys can visit Tyler or Sam's Instagram pages, and they have links to those organizations where you can donate money for them. There are no amendments for this episode, and I'm going to skip Spencer's favorites for this episode so you guys can get right to the action. Without further ado, here is episode 27 of Spencer Talks About Stuff. All right, welcome to episode 27 of Spencer Talks About Stuff. I'm here with Tyler Horn and Sam McCaskill, and they are doing kind of a crazy challenge. So do you want to explain what you guys are doing? Sure, I'll go. Um, We're doing a 4x4x48 run, and what it is, it's four miles every four hours for 48 hours. So it ends up being 48 48 miles over 48 hours. Um, So pretty much two full marathons. That's insane. So 52 miles in 48 hours yeah pretty much and uh i mean we were just talking on our run today like neither of us have really been running more than like six miles a week yeah if that you know so well you you guys aren't small dudes either you're fucking big dudes (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) yeah i think i clocked in uh at the end of last week at 240 okay and i dropped like five to seven pounds to get because i knew it was gonna be the weight would be an issue. Yeah, yeah. I knew the weight would be an issue, so I was like, I gotta draw, I gotta get below 240, or at least to 240. Yeah. You know, so. Damn. So, yeah, so, we've so we're we're sitting on the banks of the Boise River right now. I drove out here to meet you guys because um, I knew you were gonna be uh, doing a little cold tub action in the river. So, um, you guys just got done with your sixth run, right, of 12? Yeah. 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 Six runs. Every so you really end up getting about three hours of break time because by the time you finish running you eat you clean up chill out for a sec yeah. you get about you know give or take three hours to up, to relax yeah. well yeah and then you have to warm up and then like we drove to this place so it's like it takes up a little bit of time about an hour so yeah. it goes by pretty quick i figured this might break up the monotony too <laughs> oh no it's, yeah. it's so. actually pretty fun yeah we uh it kind of reminds you of fall camp when you know that you only have about an hour and it's like a little 10 minute nap yeah, yeah, be yeah pretty nice like i don't know about tyler but last night you know you get done with the 10 p.m run around 11 by the time you slide into bed it's about 11 30 and then i you know you basically take a nap if you get into rem sleep you're kind of screwed at that yeah point. yeah because you don't want to wake up in the middle of that oh, sleep yeah, cycle and then you're just a zombie but so then you wake up at you know 1 30 and hit it and then you get back into bed after that run and you try and fall back asleep and then you're up again at 5:30 yeah. to run the next it's like that's probably the the hardest part it's not necessarily the body fatigue or it's like you know running's just kind of monotonous yeah. workout it's yeah. like you're not going that hard where it's just going to absolutely throttle you like you're not throwing up on the bike path or <laughs> nothing like that it's just like you know slow and steady going yeah. but yeah, and then you throw in the forest fires and feel it in your lungs a little bit. And 
like Tyler said, I mean, we didn't really run too much getting ready for this. I mean, we've we've been going to Camel's Back, you know, once a week where we run to Camel's Back, do a workout Camel's Back, and run back to my house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, other than that, I was looking at my mileage log, and I think I ran a total of nine miles in July. Oh, damn. And then before this, I probably ran probably four to ten miles in August coming up to this. Okay. So 40, 48 miles is a pretty big shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like yeah. your body, you know, the constant pounding on It's like our bodies, one, aren't made to, to run for that long. And then, yeah. you know, not, not prepping, but. So have you, have you been like tracking it like with uh, Strava or anything like that? I, we just both have watches that okay. track them. So you can, I mean, it, it tracks it through the app. So it's not like, I think you can make it so you can share with people and everything like that. But it's uh yeah it's been pretty fun to be able to just kind of look at everything i mean you start paying attention to all the metrics and stuff yeah how many calories you burn how many steps you take and you know when you look at a weekend that you're burning you know you probably burn somewhere around eight thousand calories it's like that's a (laughs) that's a heck of a workout yeah that's insane i uh it's funny you mentioned the metrics thing because i rode a million meters on a rowing machine but I did it over the course of like six months and it's so cool because it tracks all your data. And so like I found my average, it was like average meters per day and then average meters per session and then like average calories per day. It was cool to see all that stuff like on a spreadsheet and then you can put it into graphs and stuff and analyze it. Well, and how did, how did you structure that one? Because I know like with this four by four by 48, it was kind of a David Goggins thing that he started. Yeah. And he, his whole thing was like kind of stemming from him doing the pull-up record. And he's like, look, if you break it down, it's like, if you do a pull-up, a a pull-up a minute for, you know, 48 hours, oh, yeah. you break the pull-up record or yeah. in 24 hours. Cause I think it was 24 hours that he did it in. Well, I, I knew going into it. So cheers guys. We're drinking a Coors yeah, Light right now cheers. <laughs> on the river. Uh, <laughs> so I knew going into it that it was going to be, I had to do 2,700 meters a day. It was like 2740 or something. Uh, usually that takes around, oh my gosh, 14 minutes ish. Or maybe, maybe a little bit. I mean, it depends on how fast you're going, obviously. And I would like, if we rode during a workout, like at the gym and did a Metcon with rowing in it, yeah. I would count all those meters too. Oh, good. I would count the warm ups, And then I actually did a marathon one day too that took almost three hours. I think I saw a picture of, because <laughs> did you do it with somebody? Yeah, I did it with another dude. I saw you guys had like a little like a uh, snack bar set yep. up where oh, yeah. you don't even get off the row. You just like reach oh. over and oh, my God. whatever I, you need. It, like every single pull counts. And so I'd be like pulling with one hand and like eating snacks with my other hand. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> It's like, oh my gosh, at the end of that day, I'm sure your back was just fried. Yeah, yeah. I Um, love the row machine. That's like one of my, it's the most basic machine between that and an assault bike. It's like, those are so simple. Yeah. No, Tyler said the Versa Climber. The Versa Climber. Do you want to give? Yeah, I don't even know what that is. So have you ever seen Rocky where uh, the Russian guys like have in I there? Rocky? The Rocky <laughs> three, I don't know. Have you? It's Rocky three, right? Rocky yeah. Yeah. So no, we're the Russian guys. He's on the thing, and then oh, yeah. Rocky's like actually Rocky Balboa. He's actually doing the mountain. So it's a machine that the Russian guy was doing. Um, Dude, but in December, I climbed Mount Everest twice. No way. On on a versa climb. See, isn't that cool to see like what the metrics yeah, yeah, work exactly. out to? That yeah. Is, where did you Where did you find that? Um, at Jack City Fitness, um, and shout out to Sierra Bell. Yeah, shout out. Does she still work there at 
Jack City? You know what? I, since we started doing this, I've I kind of switched over to Pivot, so me and Sam could get more on, get more synchronized. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she does. Get okay. Same cycles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, yeah, so. This Coors Light tastes really, really mm-hmm. good. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for having a beer with me, you guys. And yeah, yeah, in the middle of a. Uh, in the middle of your challenge. Like thir- um, 30 minutes ago, beer would have sounded disgusting. Yeah. Right? But after hopping in the river, it is actually really nice. Take it down all the way. So I, I've already had Sam on the podcast. Do you kind of want to let people know what you've been doing since college? Because a lot of people that listen yeah. to this are former Boise State football players. Right. Um, I've been just kind of bouncing around through sales jobs. Um, yeah. I did medical sales. I did Hi. inside sales. There's a dog right here. Hey, <laughs> Um... I even did door-to-door sales for a roofing company, um, but for the last two years, going on three years, been selling real estate. Okay. Um, here in Boise. And you work for Amherst Madison. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So well, I work, not. I mean, you work through them, right? Yeah. That's kind of how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I work with Silver Creek for the first year, and then I've been with them ever since. Okay. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's a good environment. I mean, really, at the end of the day, you're your own boss. You know yeah. What I mean, like, I don't even have to really show up to the office if I don't want to. I do. Um, yeah, man, it's a cool environment. You know, Nick's got a good thing going on over there. I uh, I saw his marketing piece thing that he put out yesterday or two days ago. That was so freaking cool. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I was like, where's the nearest brick wall? Because I'm about to run through. Yeah, it. seriously. You know, it got me kind of fired up. Yeah. Nick Nick seems like such a cool dude to work for and like such a genuine dude. Um, but it's funny because he used to scare the absolute shit out of me. <laughs> I think he still does to a lot of people. Really? No. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah. You just... He's a good guy for sure. He built something pretty cool. So how? So what? What took you from somebody on the ri- somebody on the river is giving Sam a shout out. Um. So for people listening, not in Boise, people float the Boise River just like they do, like in Reno or like any other major city. Um. So what took you from your sales job to real estate? Did you know somebody that was doing it or? No, just by, just going through the home buying process for me, and my, me and my wife. We bought a house, and I, I was just like. You know, um, I doubt my realtor will ever listen to this, but I was just like, she, I don't didn't think she did a very good job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was very lackadaisical and kind of like, I'm like, man, if you can do this and be a professional about it, you know, I was just like, man, because I did enjoy the process. I yeah. I enjoyed looking for homes. I enjoyed the contracts, all that stuff I enjoyed. So I was like, man, I'm just going to like go all in on that. Yeah. I'm going to just go all in on it. And I did. And it's by far like i know it's what i want to do now yeah you know so the first jobs are all really good just kind of helping me figure out you know what did i what i wanted to do but no it's a good fit awesome really good fit that's good to hear yeah it's crazy how many people are in real estate now i I mean it's just funny like richie i never i just never ever thought richie would be a realtor but uh i mean he's shit man i'm on his mailing list and he sends good stuff out all the time and thank you notes and um I don't know. Yeah. I would want somebody like that to take care of me for, for sure. like the biggest purchase of my life. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny. There's there's a couple professions that like you see a lot of, you know, ex football players going into like there's these these medical things. sales. Medical sales. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Real estate. Um, quite a few firefighters, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I think it's just kind of part of. I think it's I, mean? I think it's that we like, all of us crave like a kind of a higher stress environment. No you doubt. know. Like you kind of like pressure, exactly. So, yeah, I yeah. Agree. It was. I we. Did you know I had David Cushing on the podcast? I saw the episode because I saw his. Uh, we used to call him Mad Dog. Yeah, oh we God. saw we saw Mad Dog, and I saw his because I had seen him recently, and we were actually talking about him the other day when we were at 
uh, Camel's back because you were like, dude, you you should see Kush. Like yeah. he is, dude. He's a Goggins he's dude. He's yeah. a Goggins dude through and through. Yeah, I was fired up to see it, and now uh, after the podcast, we started following each other on Instagram, and to see what he's doing now, it's like to see guys like that. Yeah, you know, because Kush when he played, he was kind of a bowling ball guy. Yeah. And now he's just shredded and all about the all about the grind. It's pretty fun to yeah. see. Yeah. He was. Uh, I don't know if you listened to the episode, but he was saying that he got his heaviest after he played. Like really? he just stopped. Yeah. He stopped exercising and just kept eating. I think and, that uh, happens to a lot, a lot to guys. And it's it's it starts like it starts playing into their their personal development of what they're doing with their work. Yeah. And they kind of go into this rut where it's like if you can stay up and like be on your fitness and your nutrition and like still kind of train yourself like you're an athlete, but like you're just building yourself for life more than anything. It's like, that's what like we're not runners or we're not, you know, anything crazy. Like we would probably get our asses whooped by a, <laughs> like really hard CrossFit workout. But it's like to be able to step in and, you know, do something when it's time to do it is pretty fun. Yeah. It's like that, that kind of builds your mentality of what you do, especially with us both working in real estate and being in sales where it is a high stress environment and you're, you know, you're the only one that you're carrying. Yeah. And so you're trying to figure it out, but you're having to go, you know, a million miles an hour, especially in a market like this. Yeah. It's like, if you're, if you're fine tuned and everything with, you know, your health where you're getting your exercise every day, that's going to help you perform better in your sales job, which Mm -hmm. is crazy. But I truly believe that that, is a big deal. I, I am a big believer in, uh, do you guys know Jocko? Do you listen to Jocko yeah. stuff? So he, he says discipline equals Good. freedom. And I, I seriously like what you were saying. If you have your, your nutrition dialed, if you have your shit at home dialed, if you have your relationships dialed, like it opens up so much more. Cause then you don't have to worry about that crap. You know, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I bought in hard to the discipline equals freedom stuff. Yeah. So I just don't want to have to worry about that kind of crap. Yeah. Well, and when you do it repetitively like that, then that's the normal. Yeah. So it's like whatever you're going to do repetitively is going to be normal to you. So if you're always working out and paying attention to your nutrition and learning whatever it is that you're interested in, that's going to be normal. And then on the contrary, if you're going out and it's one junk food meal and then the next and then the next, those start compounding on each other and then that's normal. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you have to choose how you're going to discipline yourself and whichever way you pick your path, that's what's going to be easy. Yeah. So it's like this, this isn't that hard. It's like, it's just something to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of people don't realize. It's like, it's not that hard. You just have to get over like, Oh, maybe you'll be a little hungry or maybe you can't eat chips (laughs) at a certain point through the day, which is fucking hard for me, dude. I am a junk food, like junkie. Oh my gosh. I tell people all the time, there's this, there's this little fat guy inside of me that just, (laughs) if you throw a Los Betos meal at me at lunchtime and say, okay, let's go to the IPC lunch buffet. That fires me up. You know, I can't, that's not built to last for me, but like I could, you know, I used to, Food was a big part of my life. Yeah. How how heavy were you at your heaviest? Uh, I got it up to about two seventy five. Okay. Yeah. How heavy were you at your heaviest? About that same. Two seventy five. Yeah. And you, you played more D tackle than Sam, right? I think probably about the same. Yeah. Because I mean, my sophomore year, well, I ended up playing my whole sophomore year at D tackle at like two forty five, two fifty, because 
Tyler broke his knee in oh. our opening game against yeah. Ole Miss. Oh yeah. And so then I played I played D tackle the whole year where I did training camp or uh, fall camp at like stud stand up end. Oh wow. And right. then I went in and started playing inside, and then Tyler literally went down in like the start of the second half of the Ole Miss game. Yeah. So they had to flip-flop some stuff around. I had to grow up pretty quick. (laughs) Did you put weight on during the season? No. No? No. Oh, damn. Dude, putting weight on on during the season is almost impossible. I remember how pissed Saha got at me one time because I think it was my freshman year, which I wasn't playing that much, but, you know, you're still doing scout team and burning a lot of calories. And I got into the 270s, and he got so mad at me. And so, like, two weeks later, I was 290 again. Yeah. So, yeah. And Saha would do a funny thing where it's like he's kind of like – if he's mad at you, sometimes he just kind of avoids you. Yeah. Either that or he kicks you out of a workout like he did to me <laughs> my rookie or yeah. my freshman camp. Yeah. I got did kicked out of a pool workout because of Dextrel. Oh. It was bad. How, when you were retro? called me Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I remember when Dextrel. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> when Dextrel first got there, uh, Every, I forget who it was. Corey Wiarty has this hilarious story about how somebody saw him. It might have been Thomas Bird, and Thomas was like, "Was like, Coach, that guy's scary as fuck. He's got tattoos on his face, and this is like before the tattooed face craze. He has pain tattooed over his eyebrow. Do you know what he's doing now, Dextrell? Uh, I think he's he works with. I talked to someone. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. He's, he's, he's a realtor in, or works in medical sales. He's back in Texas, and I I don't know what he's doing, but. Someone told me that they ran, ran, they were like talking to him recently, and he was doing really well. Yeah, but he's a smart guy, and he's yeah. really friendly. Nice yeah, guy. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, we kind of figured that out, but it was like, it was like, oh my god, this is the second coming of Winston. Like we thought, Dextrell oh. was gonna like be like Winston, but I mean, it didn't turn out. He didn't turn out to be that crazy. He was a good football player, but he didn't. Which hit. I only know Winston post football, and like obviously he's got a ton of energy just for life in itself. But like, what? If you could describe Winston when he played, like, what was that like? Oh, he was just high energy. I mean, he was, like, kind of like the typical linebacker type dude. But he hit so fucking hard. He had, like, a neck made out of bricks, dude. Yeah. And and I, I said this on the podcast I had with Daryl, but the hardest people I ever hit were Daryl, uh, Tommy Smith, Ryan Winterswike, and then um, – Winston and I, I swear to God, each of those dudes gave me five concussions each, <laughs> at least. That's terrifying. Yeah, but uh, do you? Uh, I was gonna ask you when you got done. Did you have a hard time like transitioning into a normal job? Um, no, no. It was like football came to an end, and it was like, all right, it's done. Yeah. Right, and I knew I wanted to do something. What was tough was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, like I would get into one job and I would I would start doing good at it and but I just knew it wasn't what I wanted to do long term. Yeah. So I had no problem just kind of switching jobs like every year to two years. Yeah. Um But I mean definitely it was weird, you know what I mean? Like no structure. No structure, you're just out there trying to figure out what what are you gonna do. Yeah, that like, was the hardest part for me. It was right. like your whole schedule's made up for you and then all of a sudden nothing. Yeah, but I, I never I never lost like motivation, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I never was like kinda lost my you know, some people are so tied into their like football is kind of their identity. Yeah. Um when it was over, like I knew it was over. Like I had to like move forward. Yeah. Um 
So that was never that was never a huge issue for me, and I know a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah, you know, well, I know that's they do. freaking good to know, man. It's good to know that you did not struggle like that. I mean, for sure, there was times where I'm like, you know, like no one cares that you know, my name's Tyler Horn and I played at BSU. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. Like there was definitely that. Like I, there, you know. But at the same time, I just I knew I had to just like start moving forward. Yeah, you know. I think you're almost sold something like you're like okay, they're, the city's gonna take care of me like when exactly. I get done. And then like I put it on my resume that I played football, and I oh so I was, did I. Yeah, I was trying to get a job <laughs> at St. Al's, and I told them like in my interview, and they're like, I was like I played football at Boise State, and they're like so. And I was like oh shit, I gotta rely on like other stuff. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that's like a good realization, like. Man, just because you played at Boise State, you know, you you can't rely on that because you become like a freshman again. Right? Yeah. You're no matter what you do, you're like a freshman and, and you have to like to take that mindset of like no one cares that you played O line at BSU. Yeah. Like, no one cares. You know what I mean? But if you think that you're entitled to something because you played at Boise State, you're gonna run into a lot of issues. Yeah. You know, unless you have like an employer who's like a huge BSU fan. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was uh I, I think it was good and it was eye opening. And it, I, you know, I don't think I would have had it another way. Like, I don't want shit to be handed to me. Yeah. You know, but it is hard transitioning your mindset from I'm a senior. I'm on top of the world. Yeah, I mean, I don't exactly. know. What was your bowl game your senior year? Uh, Poinsettia bowl for me. Okay. So, I mean, you get done with that and you're like, fuck, I'm on top of the world. We're yeah. badasses. And then you go into another job and it's, yeah, you're bottom of the totem pole. Exactly. Yeah. But <clears throat> mine was Hawaii bowl. Yep. It's kind of a bummer, but I still I gotta spend a I gotta spend a week in Hawaii after that though. That was pretty yeah. rad. <laughs> I don't like to talk about that. You what? The Hawaii Bowl just still stings. You know? Oh, what I mean? dude, it was terrible. That I had a good time show. though. Yeah, I that so- was the problem. Everyone had way too good of a time. No, I'm saying I had a good time in the game. <laughs> no coaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did probably too much. Um, but yeah, well, you were saying about Jocko though. I love his thing about like where he says like good. Oh yeah. And like didn't I, you guys post something about that? Somebody posted. I posted something. it today because yeah. it was like Boise air quality is like it basically said the air quality is horrible. Good, I'm getting cancer. And I was like good, <laughs> uh, but you know like when I got out of college, it was like man, this job is is you know it's not going the way I'm, I want it to go. But like I just kept watching that video of like all right, good, like let's figure it out, let's yeah. do something else and. Um, Man, I'm glad for guys like him and, and David Goggins, you know. Like, I pull a lot of motivation from those guys, yeah. you know, just because they've done something. They're not just out there just talking, but they've, like. Dude, I read Jocko's book. Uh, oh, my God. Now I don't even. The one that's, like. Extreme, has, extreme oh, Ownership. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's cool reading, like, the beginning of each chapter is, uh, you know, something they did in Ramadi or something they did on a mission or right. like training in the Arctic or whatever it is. And then he relates it to real life. Like, I think that exactly. that's freaking cool, man. But, uh, I'm actually, I have a Navy SEAL coming on tomorrow on the podcast. Yeah. My buddy, Travis Fishburne. And he was a huge CrossFit guy after he got out of the seals, but I'm excited to hear some stories about their training. Yeah. And I think sometimes thinking about that too, like Man, we played football and we're so fortunate to have done that. But really, when you compare it to something like that, it just made me realize, like, oh, like, pretty insignificant. Like, it's so cool and such an awesome experience. But, like, man, people like that, like in the SEALs, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. nobody, lives, nobody ever shot at us. Exactly. <laughs> it, 
it's not really life or death out there. I yeah. mean, there people people die on the football field, and that's like a common analogy that people say. It's like you're going into battle, you're going into war, but you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 very different. But you know, it, it's that's the game within the game, though. It's like you're psyching yourself up and going into that. It's like the same thing, you know, being in a sales role and watching a David Goggins or Jocko Willing like motivational video. It's like you're not doing the same thing that you're that they're doing, but the adrenaline that you get from it and the excitement to go and just do something is fun. It's contagious. Yeah. Yeah. And it's relatable. Like I like how Jocko in that book, he knew that it like people weren't going to be going into war. They're not going to be getting shot at. He like wrote it for people that are going to like board meetings yeah. and like presenting and stuff. And I don't know. I thought it was super cool because it helped me with some shit. So yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Completely. Yeah. And I hate like, I hate the term like influencer or like, right. you know, but I, those two dudes, I, I'll fucking pay attention to them. I'll pay attention to everything yeah. they put out. Yeah. And what, what I think is cool. Um, you want to give them the mic? What I think is cool with both of those guys. And this is, um, part of the reason why I've been posting more, like, I know it's very uncomfortable for both of those guys to, like, I'm sure both of them would feel so much more comfortable just being like a ghost. Yeah. Right. But they have like a story to share that they know is going to motivate a lot of people. And it's like, man, I'm grateful for those guys that they do it. Cause I could almost guarantee you both of those guys don't like want to be what you just said, like influencers, yeah, but yeah. they have something that we could all draw you know, a lot of energy and, and inspiration from. So I think it's pretty cool that they do it. Now, on the other hand, is like all the other people that are trying to spread motivation that you're like, what have you done? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. those guys in, in particular, it's like I, I just know what they've probably been through. So, like, I'm like, all right, like, I'm, I'm going to actually listen to you because I, I know you've been through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I know you're not just feeding me some bullshit. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, and that's – uh I don't know. It's hard looking at some pages where it is like, dude, what do you guys, what did you do? You, this is just it. That's it. Right. You know? But, um, I just like that they have something relatable to go back to. Right. Um, and I actually, it's funny you're talking about getting out of your comfort zone with posting things because there are people out there that pay attention to you guys. And I, I'm just telling you that right now, like you don't know who they are, but they pay attention to your shit. And Richie and I had a good conversation about it where he's trying to get out of his comfort zone and post stuff. And right. there's a right way to do it. And especially in your guys' job too, you want to get your freaking name out there. Yeah. So. Well, we've talked about it. I'm like, man, I always feel like, because we work out pretty much every day at five. I don't want to be the guy like posting the picture of like, hey, I'm here. But at the same time, we've had this conversation like, man, you want to work with people who are kind of like-minded. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to work with people who are interested in the same things as you. So you almost have to put that stuff out there and is. I don't know. It's still uncomfortable for me. Um, I think I I think it's fine. Like, yeah, people are gonna. I mean, people are gonna talk shit or whatever. Oh, Who cares? No like, if you inspire one person to go exercise because you posted one picture, uh, to me that's a good thing. So, yeah, no, I agree, and I need to I need to do more. But it's such a from where I was when I was in college, like I was like a ghost online. Yeah. You know, to just being like, okay, I'm trying to post something once a week. And like, what's well, fucking cool too. Like yeah. I like, I like seeing like if you close on a house, it's cool to me to see that, you yeah. know? So it's cool sure. to stay connected. <laughs> yeah. 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 I got, yeah. I got mouths to feed now. <laughs> yeah. So you're baby number two's on, on its way or yes. Baby number two will be here at the end of the year. Um, Tatum, my first daughter, she, she just turned one. So 
and my wife, she's pregnant again. She's not working. So it's like, for me, it's like, man, I'm, I'm so motivated right now. And it's, I don't even really need those videos. I love those videos, but man, I have something that's like really, really motivating to me. Um, well, congratulations, man. Yeah. That's so awesome. It's, it's been, yeah, it's, it's such a weird thing. Like, I'm like, man, like, especially having a daughter, I'm like, I always wanted a boy, you know what I mean? But now I'm like, dude, I could not imagine, you know, not having her. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's so cool. And we're doing core exercises and grip strength. I make her do, <laughs> I make her do the stairs like at least three times a day. How old is she? Uh, one. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> you know, but her mom played volleyball, you know, at BSU. So I'm like, hey, you have no choice. Like you have to, you know, go and earn a college scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to pay for your college. <laughs> yeah. So we're just, you know, we're doing the fundamentals right now. Core, <laughs> grip strength, That's awesome. coordination. Yeah. 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 Um, well, do you guys want to keep rolling? We've been going for about 30 minutes and I don't know, I don't want to take you away from recovering or, um, if you want to go hop in the river. Okay. Yeah. At first I was like, man, this is going to be, but you know, we're sitting in the shade. Yeah. Drank a beer. I feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm actually kind of curious. So you guys do a lot of like realtor development stuff, right? At Amherst. Right. And that stuff's not like you said, it's not mandatory because they're a brokerage. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter. Like, like a normal brokerage, it doesn't really matter, you know, how much one person does on their own. They just want a lot of people working for them. Right. Right. And that's kind of how Amherst Madison separates itself. Yeah. Like they will, they will let you go if they don't think you're, you know, up to the standard that they, they think is, you know, they set a standard and it's not even super crazy high, but if you're not meeting that standard with numbers and everything, like, you know, if there's certain circumstances, I'm sure they would keep you on. But if you're just not putting in the effort, like they don't want you there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And almost the same as BSU. Like if you came in as a freshman, you weren't putting in the effort and you had some talent, like you would probably be asked, like asked to leave. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's just like creating a culture of like you want to be around certain type of people, you know, but for the people who come in and just like show up and, and do what they just tell you to do. Yeah. Like it's so, it's so simple. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. come in, do these three things daily and you will see your business grow. Yeah. Like it's not like super complicated. You will see those people come in, do those three things daily and you'll see them like their business will grow. But then other people, they just won't show up or whatever it is. And you know, I think there's something to that. Like in every industry, even at football, like there's people who like, would just do the bare minimum yeah, right yeah and it, it's not that hard to just like do what you're supposed oh to do gosh. i saw <laughs> something you guys can relate to this speaking of that i saw s something somebody posted the other day and it was like i think it's a tiktok thing now and i've not gotten involved in tiktok but um it was like the f the six type of players on your team and one of them was the dude like when the coach isn't looking in the weight room he like stops doing his workout oh yeah and then like the coach turns back and he like starts doing reps again i i was laughing so hard because there were a bunch of dudes like in my grade and older than me that were like that <laughs> me and sam were the opposite when they would look away we would go over what we were supposed to be doing for that day <laughs> were you like, were you guys like bash brothers like the meatheads well, yeah. yeah we were we we would kind of do like a lot of the the extra lifts together and we would go in and I mean we would be partners and everything so it's like you know if we go into max day and everything that you lift is based off of a percentage on your max and so if my weight is 10 pounds less than Tyler's well, we're not going to take the weight off I'm just yeah. going to go up and do so like working out together and make us stronger 
and then you know we would run right next to each other on the decks and i think i was talking about on the podcast we were we would do neck slaps because that's like from the saha days and then at one point one of us just slapped each other in the face and then we would just slap each other in the face up on the deck (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we were we were kind of knuckleheads yeah for a little while I, I was like that. I was the knucklehead in my class, I feel like. Mark Paul told me about that. Yeah. He he told me that I would take everything as a challenge. Yeah. And, like, he'd tell me I couldn't do something, so I'd just do it anyways just to, like, piss him off. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, Dan Paul and I used to go in and, like, bench press all the time. Oh, yeah. Because we were battling each other for that top position on the board. Oh, yeah. And so it was always, like we were like five pounds away from each other. And then if he, if we hit the same weight, he weighed lighter than me. So he yeah. got the top position. Yeah. See, we were, we were never good at bench press. Like neither of us had like a, you know, a crazy bench score, but like power cleans and hang cleans, we would just, we would go for it. Yeah. But yeah, those were, those are really our lifts. Yeah. So did it, did it change a lot when uh, the new strength coach got there after Saha? I mean, yeah, was it like a I noticeable mean, difference? Yeah, just it was. Uh, well, we started lifting with uh, straps. Oh, okay. And so that changed a ton because it changes your whole clean form. Yeah. And how you clean, and so like that was the biggest deal. And that's then, like, weird because in like real Olympic weightlifting, because I've gotten into that. Yeah. And I coach our Olympic weightlifting team at at the CrossFit gym. Yeah. And you just don't do straps. You'll do straps on snatches, but you'll never do straps to catch a clean you'll do clean pulls yeah. and deadlifts with snatches right. or with uh straps but. and i think i think um straps straps help you lift weights that might be too heavy for you and like i think it it enables you to be able to do more than your body can actual actually control so yeah. like you can load up 400 pounds and hang clean it with straps on you try and do that without straps you're just going to drop it right off the rack yeah yeah and so it's like i I like the other way more because it's like if your body can't handle it without any extra, it's like I would never lift with a like a pad over the bar or something yeah. like that. It's like because what if it's not there? Then you just can't lift. Yeah. And so like equipment that would enable you to do stuff, like I don't believe in it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when you do use straps, you lose all your grip. Mm-hmm. And so it's like there's – and you lose your flexibility in handling the weight. Like your core – and doing true Olympic lifting is like you don't have to go and do sit-ups after because you just use your core the entire way. Yeah. And so I think that I think that that was probably the honestly the biggest change was, you know, we did that and then. Did you guys still get uh, like pieces of paper with the week, the whole week on it with yeah, like your percentages of, yeah. written out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Dude, I remember uh, like I would go in, I would stay in Boise obviously because my parents lived here. Um, like during our little breaks and they give you workouts to go do. And, uh, and I'd always go into the weight room to do them. And like coach Jones would be in there and some of the other local guys and we'd get together and work out. And I remember Saha was in there one time. And I remember like my back squat percentages always usually started at like 255, but I put on 135 just to like kind of warm up. And he gave me so much shit <laughs> for just squatting 135, which is like, it's absolutely ridiculous because I do that all the I'm time now. Up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, uh, I will say the one thing about straps is your traps get so dang strong. Oh, like, yeah. We, oh, no we would always joke around. Like, once, like, the first week, 
first probably the first month that Pitt came in like if you came and touched anybody on their trap they would just like buckle up oh my to God. the ground because you're like you're being able to shrug and get so much out of your traps and we would joke around everybody's traps were like touching their ears because everyone was just yeah. like jacked up here it's pretty funny yeah um <laughs> i actually i just got a notification this is my first mobile podcast oh, so nice. um i am learning as i go but i need i need to figure out a better power source but it told me that my battery's running low so i just want to give you guys a chance to plug the organizations that you oh, guys yeah. are, are running for yeah, so I'm a so I'm a board member with the Children's Home Society of Idaho. Um, they deal with mental health, uh, more more catered towards uh, the youth who are underprivileged and not being able to afford um, mental health services. So it's a counseling center that helps these kids, and they p- partner up with a bunch of organizations to be able to know who to help, how to help them, and then they bring the kids in um, and help with their mental health. I I believe in it a ton. My mom was an educator uh, for my entire life, and being able to see how much impact you can have on a kid at the, you know, kind of the adolescent age, as well as right now. I mean, we were the the kids of our generation are already battling with technology and how much that's affecting people. Yeah. And then you throw COVID into it, and then you know people are staying home. They're kind of more into a sedentary lifestyle and. I think that it's going to be really, really tough on people coming out of it psychologically. Um, and so by providing the funding for Children's Home Society, um, those that money is being able to put to use to help the, the youth who are struggling from it. Because I don't know. I don't know. I would I would go crazy if I was locked into my house when, yes. I, was, when I was that age. So yeah, uh, it's a pretty sweet cause. Awesome. So uh, people can go to Sam's Instagram page, uh, childrenshomesociety.com, and it's under the Fund a Run tab. Yeah, and then mine is just a link in my bio as well on Facebook and Instagram. But I'm doing the Ronald McDonald House, um, and it was pretty easy for me to you know partner with them. Just my mom has just recently beat cancer, right? Okay. And it was like a 10 month battle and I just had my daughter and like imagining like your mom going through my mom so tough. You're right. But to imagine like my daughter going through something like that, um, you know, or a little kid, it's just like, man, these parents have so much on their plates. Right. Yeah. So like, and, and I know that they're struggling to fundraise right now with, you know, COVID, like not being able to do some of these galas and these different things that they use to, to fundraise. So I'm like, man, I think it's just a perfect timing and opportunity to like see what we can raise for them. Yeah. Right? And, you know, because those families, man, they're, they're, I couldn't even imagine, right? Like you being sick, that's one thing, but like a kid, yeah, right? to watch them have to go through that. So, so does, does the Ronald McDonald house provide housing right near the hospital, right? For, yeah. so that those families could go and they could just, you know, not worry about where they're staying or, or what they're eating, but just like really just focus on their kids. Yeah. Right. Focus on their kids who are going through the same thing that my mom went through all these different things, right. You know, having surgery at such a young age. So, um, you know, I will always have sympathy for those families in there. And like, if we could raise money for their staff and, you know, for them to be able to house as many people as possible, I think that's in that. Have you seen the new house? Yeah. The new housing is, yeah, yeah, it's it's gorgeous. It's, you know, it's like over 20 rooms, right? It's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, what a cool thing for like, you know, those families to just be like, Hey, we're just going to focus on our kid and like get them through this. And I'll have to worry about like, here we're staying at like my cousin's sister's friend's house who lives in Boise. Yeah. Didn't work on so, um, yeah, I'm excited and 
I would like to to do something like this again. Like like we've we've talked about this. This is kind of the first round of things, um, but I would like it to just get bigger and bigger. Yeah. You know, whether for sure, yeah. we kind of just came up with this, and we're like, I mean, I didn't know how to put together an auction page or you know who to reach out to, but now that I know that, um, you know, we could start sooner and do you know different things. And yeah, no, it's it's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys being on the podcast, and uh, good luck. CrossFit Composure. Yeah, CrossFit Composure donated a little bit to you guys. Heck yeah, yeah. we appreciate that a lot. Of course. Every single donation goes, I mean, I we've received stuff from, you know, a $500 donation down to a $10 donation, and every single thing helps. Yeah. And it has been so cool to see people just stepping up and seeing the cause, and I think it's a testament to how awesome this community is and why we all decide to make it home after we're done with college because you know it's growing a lot but there's still so many good people here and people who really care about community um and i think that that's what's you know what's promising coming out of this is you know there's so much negativity going on especially right now yeah and uh just the opportunity to be able to bring more people together i mean it's been a it's a been a pretty uplifting experience to see it so awesome great Awesome. Thank you to you guys. Yeah, yeah of course, thanks. man. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, thank you guys for being on the podcast. And uh, I need to have you, Tyler, on at some point. Come over to the house and we'll have a brewski and, uh, and chat for an hour and a half. All so, right, man. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Spencer.